It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, right? It's good to be with other people who are like-minded. Whether we say what we mean or not. Now, you're in a really good place here to be honest, to be real. If you're just having a really bum week, it's okay to say like, when someone says, hey, how you doing? You know, it's been kind of a bum week. It's okay to say that. We're not going to judge you because we probably had a bum week too. And God is still good. And he still wants to meet with you this morning. So no matter what your weeks look like, no matter what your morning look like, God is still ready to meet with you, right? And so as we spend some time in worship this morning, I encourage you to just let all the facades, all the masks, all the things that we think we have to get ready for to come to church, just let it all go. And just let God speak to you this morning. We turn the lights down so that you can absolutely have your own personal experience with God. Even though you're in a group, the idea for today, what our heart is, is that each of us would have a very intimate, very personal experience with God. So that's why the lights are down, so you don't have to worry about somebody looking at you, or whatever. We do this for the audience of one, for God. So he can speak to our hearts. So we can communicate our heart to him. So we say, God, I love you. Thank you for taking me just as I am. And then making me better, right? So no matter what condition you're in today, he is so faithful. And he's really glad you're here. And so whether you just sit and listen, or whether you are ready to pour your heart out, he's ready and he's patient, right? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for being available. Thank you for drawing us into your presence today. God, we love you and we need you. No matter what position we're in in our lives, God, whether whatever season we're in, God, we need you. And we want to honor you with our lives. So this morning, as we worship and as we sing to you, God, be glorified in that. And I just pray for a supernatural breath of fresh air from your presence today on every single person here. God, that they would be able to inhale and exhale in your presence, God. And that's where healing comes from. That's where rest comes from. That's where peace comes from. It's from you and only from you. So right now, we just focus on you and we look into your eyes. And we just want to worship you this morning now to be glorified in our praise. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. The song is called Wake Up Sleeper. And in Luke 7, 11 through 17, Jesus and the disciples are coming to the village of Nain. And there's a funeral procession for the only son of a widow. And in contrast to many healing stories from Jesus, no one asks Jesus for help. No faith is commended or noted. Jesus just has compassion and he intervenes. The story speaks to the power of Jesus and that he can do whatever is within his will. And it speaks to how we should look at those who can't take care of themselves. Uh, John 8, 36. Whoever the Son sets free is free indeed. In Ephesians 1, 5, we are adopted into the family of God through the blood of Jesus. In Matthew 4, 17, Jesus says, Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Revelation 3, 15, I wish you'd be hot or cold. And this song, I think, is a calling on not only to the unbeliever, but to the believer.
And that's how he faced Goliath. God gave him trials and tests, and God had faith in the strength of God to overcome. Uh, this next song is a little different. Um, if I had to pick anybody out of the Bible that I think that this song might be suited to, it would be someone like Job or Jeremiah. And the difference isn't the amount of faith, but that through the heartbreak and pain, Job and Jeremiah place their faith and hope. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. And Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Today you may be David, tomorrow you might be Job, but the Lord is good and His Spirit is with you always. I'm 
praise you you have definitely been there for us and together as a unified body we can't express our gratitude enough thank you for healing our hearts blessing our lives and extending your hand to us when we don't deserve it this is all about you God and nothing else Prepare our hearts for your word. Speak simple, profound truths into our lives. Through the power of your Holy Spirit that speaks and enables us to hear. Change us from the inside out. Through the power of the blood of Jesus. Together we receive this in Jesus' name. We say together. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to start today off with uh, some announcements. We've got many, so I'm just going to do a, a block of announcements for you. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Listen, announcements are more than just announcements. Can we have the house lights up just a little bit? Um, they're actually things for us to be connected and to uh, stay involved and stay engaged. One of the things that we have uh, really 
um, noticed is that being involved in and having a connection with somebody, uh, another believer, is so vital and important for spiritual growth and health. So these um, things are, are not just things that we are doing or programs. They are designed and meant to minister to you and to our church family. So if you notice in the seat in front of you, you've got a sticker there. I want you to pull your phone out, get your camera, and I want you to put your camera right on that sticker. And that will give you a little link bar. You click that, that will be right to your bulletin. How many of you missed the bulletins? Yeah, I know it's, it's been difficult, but this is your bulletin. Uh, it's just able to, you're able to get the, um, the full spectrum of what's coming up in our church. And I want to invite John, is, is December coming over to you today or is it just, she's not the support. Okay. You're on your own, my friend. Let's give it up for John Cope and our Easter candy hunt. Good morning. How are we? So the Easter candy hunt is coming up. Um, April 3rd, April, uh, April 3rd at the same place in Plain City. Um, we need candy donations. We need volunteers to help us um, that day. We're going to meet next week in between the two services so that, so that we, can, we can sit down and talk. Um, we need baby animals um, and lots and lots of, lots and lots of help. So, so, so meet with us next week in between first and second service and um, we'll take some names down. We'll try and use the app thing. I'm not very good at that type of stuff so right <laughs> so please donate some candy donate some time and come enjoy easter we because of the pandemic we missed it last year and it sucks so we're gonna yep. we're gonna make it happen this year no matter what that's right that's good <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that thank you john they've done an amazing job um with our easter outreach and so just thank you guys and they just go see them will you guys be at the easter barrels back there after the service if anyone wants to talk to you does that sound good perfect they'd love to just kind of interact with you we've got our pineville derby race coming up this is it this saturday that's this saturday boy time is just flying by so make sure you get those cars finished up we're going to be in here we have so many people that we need to meet in this room we've got a track that's going to be here and um, we've got the judging with the time and lasers and all that stuff to make it accurate accurate so it's it's going to be really really a lot of fun um and we hope that you'll uh, join us for that we have our business meeting which i hate calling it a business meeting but state of the church address whatever you want to call it i have i called it a family meeting one year and people felt like they were in trouble uh so we're just going to talk about the vision it really is what it is vision sunday we talk about what happened in 2020 and how we pulled together and actually we saw an increase uh in 2020 and boy it's just been phenomenal with our uh so 2020 looking back the challenges and the blessings 2021 we are looking at uh building and construction and plans and how are we going to make this work and we just say god's going to do it not us that's kind of the and he's done it all along and we're just pursuing with faith give you as much details and information that i have with that and so that will be after church next sunday um at 12 15 you may be thinking food i am currently trying to get a food truck here just so you know out in the parking lot and maybe uh, get some corn dogs which is uh an american food i think yeah uh men's recharge March 6th. You don't want to miss this, guys. We've got a guest speaker with us. We've got breakfast, and it'll be a good time for you to be recharged. Men, we need you to be leaders. God's called you to be strong and confident in God's word and, and uh, leading this world. And uh, this is a unique thing that to be a man. 
And what does that look like, especially in today's world? Uh, March 6th, Kelly Goss, raise your hand. Come talk to him if you'd like to uh, know more information about that. But again, you can register just by uh, clicking on that uh, camera on that app there. We've got Celebrate Living Utah. It's the family movie night. We are renting out the entire theater. Yep, that's the Celebrate Utah Living. Those are all the events that we have for Connection. The North Ogden Theater, Walker Theater, and we're going to be playing um, the Christ-centered movie uh, Shrek. So <laughs> as a staff, we were talking about it, and it was that was the one that they picked. So uh, we're going to do that. We're just going to have fun and just uh, spend time together at the theater and just maybe make some gingerbread men <laughs> at that same time. So that's just some things that are coming up. Really get involved. We really want you to be uh, plugged in with that app. I know that it's hard to be kind of tech savvy sometimes, and I'm not that the best at it either, but it really will help you uh, stay connected as we've had to move towards the digital um, announcement part, at least, in getting the word out for things that are coming up. Agreed? All right. Well, then uh, with that, I'm just going to open up in prayer and just ask God to just kind of speak. Lord, we invite you to have your way. We release and we give up and we surrender. Um, any garbage, any, uh, any things that we're dealing with, something, things that distract our mind from the message today that you have to speak to us individually. Um, quicken our, our ears, Lord Jesus, to what you would have us remember. Thank you for your word and the truths that are in that help us to navigate through life. Bless us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you have an umbrella? As a drought continued for what seemed an eternity, a small community of farmers was in a quandary as to what to do. Rain was so important to keep their crops healthy and sustain the townspeople's way of life as the problem became more acute, the local pastor called a prayer meeting to ask God for rain. Many people arrived at the church to pray for the needed rain. And the pastor greeted most of them as they filled in. And as he walked to the front of the church, he officially began the prayer meeting. And he noticed that most people were chatting across the aisles and socializing with friends. And when he reached the front, his thoughts were on quieting the attendees to start the prayer meeting. His eyes scanned the crowd when he noticed an 11-year-old girl sitting quietly in the front row, and her face was beaming with excitement. Next to her, open and ready for use, was a very colorful and large umbrella. The little girl's beauty and innocence made the pastor smile as he realized how much faith she truly possessed. No one else in the, in the congregation, including himself, had brought an umbrella. All came to pray for rain. But the little girl had come expecting God to answer. Do we bring an umbrella? Faith in action. Hebrews 11. 11.1 1 specifically tells us that, being, that faith is being confident of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Perhaps no other component of the Christian life is more important than faith. You can't purchase it. You can't sell it. You can't give it away. What role does faith play in the Christian life? The Bible has much to say about faith and how important it is. 
In fact, it's so important that without faith, we have no relationship with God or forgiveness from Him. It is impossible to please Him according to Hebrews eleven six. Faith is interesting because it's not something we can conjure up on our own. It's not something we're born with, nor is faith a result of hard work or study. Faith is, however, given to us by God and nurtured by trusting Him, especially during hardships, might I add. And grace and mercy lead us along, and the Holy Spirit continually teaches us its value. Whether your faith is at the beginning stages or you're in the middle of a spiritual warfare, faith is one of the most valuable things that we have. An increasing faith to see God as a big God, to see how big He really is, to understand and to grab a hold of the supernatural working God. That the supernatural realm is not mystic or conjured up by delusions, but that it's God's real, definitive power that defies the laws of nature. And believing that God is not confined by the laws of nature, by the depths of the Red Sea, that the creator of the universe can control the waters as he pleases. The one who breathed breath to create man would have no problem raising one's life back from the dead. And what is impossible for a man to accomplish is only logical for God. When we read God's word together, I hope that we can, to the best of our ability, see the power of God as a sign of confidence in Him. We've been going through Acts chapter 12, or the book of Acts, so turn with me to Acts chapter 12 as we continue this study. Acts chapter 12. The disciples were uh, on fire, as we know, kind of catching you up to speed just a little bit. There was uh, thousands of people coming into the faith and knowledge of Jesus. This new movement, this, this thing that was happening that offended and upset quite a few people. The Apostle Paul, who was known as Saul, had his encounter, and now he is... Uh, preaching everywhere, and so the gospel is going out. So the Acts chapter 12. Here we go. Verse 1, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church and intended to persecute them. See, Saul was doing a good job. Now King Herod's on the job as well. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. And when he saw that this met the approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. See, Herod would do anything he could to receive praise. He was the complete picture of a narcissist, a crazy narcissist. Uh, he would do anything. He would kill people to have recognition. He craved to be esteemed. This attention is what he desired. So he said, oh, man, if, if that worked, I'm going to get the more popular guy, Peter, and, and I'm going to get even more approval. You see his personality? But this happened during the festival of unleavened bread. And after arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers. That's, that's, that's 16 guards over this man, Peter. He was protecting his status and his importance, and he wanted the praise, and so he's protecting that. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. How thoughtful. 
Nobody wants to see an ex execution during celebration of worship. So protecting again his praise. He's doing the right thing. I know the right time, how I can get the most attention and approval from the people. Let's wait just a couple days. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Church, we got to be a praying church. There's power in prayer. God hears prayers. He is not quiet and he has not put a deaf ear towards you. The body strength is in our God. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial. You know, this says something about timing. The way that God answers prayers. It doesn't seem like God usually just shows up right at the last moment. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared with a light shone in the, in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. He was in a deep sleep. It's actually noted that Peter could sleep in a situation like this. And you wonder how? It's, it, I would be up all night. I'd be having a prayer meeting. I would be, I would be doing anything. To, you know, just in the last hours, he's sleeping peacefully. So peacefully that this light didn't even wake him up. There must have been some peace in mind about his future. Did he have peace because he had become friends with the guards or had planned an escape the next day? Probably not. But I do think that he was reflecting upon the words that Jesus spoke to him personally in his life. And possibly about a conversation he had with Jesus relating about how Peter would die. In John chapter 21, verse 18, Peter talked, or Jesus talks to Peter about how he would die. So in the cell, right before he's about to die, perhaps this conversation is coming to his mind where Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourselves and yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old... You will stretch out your hands and someone else will address you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then he said to him, follow me. This conversation, I believe, was still fresh in his mind. Jesus said, you're going to die for me and your death will point many people to look to God. And said, will you follow me? First, to note that Peter's restful attitude or his uh, presence of mind and being at peace, I think he knew this when, he, when Jesus called him out and said, will you follow me? He said yes to a life that led to death, the dying of himself, a, a, a tradition to, that, that, that Peter hung on the cross like Jesus and just that picture of taking up, his, up the cross was for him, I think, something that was a literal thing, seeing Jesus on the cross when he said Take up your cross. So he had to come to grips with dying. So I think he was at peace with that already, knowing that he was going to bring glory to God in his life and his death. And he agreed to that. So he had peace. Secondly, Peter probably remembered that Jesus said, when you're old. Probably made him think, this can't be time. I'm not old enough. Sometimes we think that we're not old enough. Can you believe it? How did you get this far in your age? You never thought you were going to make it, right? And other times you think, man, I'm so young. But no matter what, Jesus gave him anticipation. 
Like, I'm going to do some good work in your life no matter what. The peace while waiting for God to deliver when problems are bigger than you and the consequences is out of your control, can you rest in what God has already spoken to you? Whatever Peter thought, he was at peace with where God had placed him. He knew there was no accidents. He knew that this wasn't the working of King Herod by himself, that God had a plan in all of this. If God had a plan with the death of Jesus, God would have a plan with the death of Peter. In his sleepy dream state, an angel comes with the, in prison. There's this, it, it, it lights up with brilliance of lights, and, I, I, and it's shown all around. And he says, he pokes him in the side and says, hey man, get up. I, I get it, you're at peace with all this, but you got more work to do. Continuing, it says, quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison but he had no idea what the angel was do, doing, was doing, was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision or he was in a dream state. And they passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And it opened for them by itself. And they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly an angel had left him. Can you imagine the thoughts? Then Peter came to himself. Can you imagine what just happened? How did I get here? And he's contemplating and he's thinking and he's taking some time to process this and this comes out of him. Now I know without, a, without doubt that the Lord has sent his angel to rescue me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. Can't happen. Sometimes as a believer, the enemy is going to place his chains on you at some point. And I know we preach and sing, chains fall off, but as believers, chains tend to get back on our wrists. And you're going to feel trapped at times. And it might be your doubt about God's provision, the despair of feeling alone, or your only thing that's, that's by your side is the enemy, or that your, your faith has got you in trouble, or even fired from your job, that you're you're going to feel like your faith is stuck and it's not moving and you don't know. You, you, you want to, to get free, but you can't get this freedom that you know you have, but something seems to be holding you back. The passion, where is it? The only way to out of the chains is to come at peace with your circumstances and let the chains fall off by the power of God. When the chains fell off, he was still in prison. Some of us, the chains have been broken free, but we're standing in the middle of the prison. We have the freedom to walk right out of there, but we're still living inside. Peter wasn't given a key. He wasn't told how to break free. He wasn't given a verse to speak over the chains. It just fell off and being told to get up. If you've been set free from sin, 
you have also been given the power to walk out. What did he do? The chains fell off and he said, get up. Put your clothes on and, and put your sandals on. The chains fall off. We put on the righteousness. We clothe ourselves with the righteousness of God. That's the dignity placed back on your life. In the middle of the prison, you can still have dignity restored by the grace and mercy of God. In the middle of confinement and the pressure of attacks and the pressure of the outside world creeping in, the enemy trying to make you feel like you're stuck, you can put your dignity on through the righteousness of Christ. What did he do? He said, put your sandals on because you've got more to, to do and you've got further to walk. Be ready. Because God will use that experience and you'll look past and it will help you to say, nothing can hold me back now. Walk with confidence past your enemies and they won't even notice. Doors of freedom will be opened for you, but you have to choose to walk through them. I think sometimes Christians, we live in prison because we want to stay in prison. Because the sin that we hate, we also love. Until you hate the prison that you're in, you won't truly want to walk out. Sin will always be a temptation. You'll never, ever escape that until we take our last breath. What a glorious day that will be. And we got to love the pursuit of Jesus more than we love the imprisonment of sin. And when you do, you will say the same words of Peter. Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has rescued me from Satan's clutches and from everything that stands in my way. Continuing. When this had dawned on him, it took a while to process. I'm a processor. I can't imagine how long, but it, he did it pretty quickly. He went into the house he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered together praying. Remember, they were, there was a prayer meeting happening for Peter. Okay? Where they're praying, Peter knocking on the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed that she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. She left him standing there. You see, he heard his voice. He, maybe he recognized a rotor, rotor, go, let me in. That's Peter. So he takes off running. <laughs> she exclaiming that Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, the prayer group said. <laughs> they told her. And when she kept insisting that it was so, they said, well, it must be an angel because it can't be Peter. It must be an angel. But Peter kept knocking. Guys. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet. I get it. It's exciting. Quiet. Peter motioned with his hand for them to be quiet. Described how the Lord had brought them out of, brought them out of prison. Guys, you, you're not, you're not going to believe this, but I, you got to believe this. 
delivered me out of prison. The gates just came open. We walked through. It was amazing. Here I am standing in front of you today. I'm still processing, processing this. Listen, go tell James and the other brothers and the sisters about this, he said. And then he left for another place. I don't blame him. They're going to get him in trouble. You know what the most remarkable part of the story is? It's not that the angel appeared to Peter in prison. It's not that light had lit up the room and no one else even noticed. It's not that the chains fell off. It's not that Peter walked out of prison freely and the guards didn't, didn't even notice him. It's not that the gate just opened by itself and they walked through. The most remarkable part of this story to me is that God answered the prayers of the doubting believers. That God still works His miracles through our disbelief and when we are asking for Him to do a miracle and our faith doesn't match our words. You may be feeling like your prayers are weak and feeble and you may question the outcome if it's even possible, but God will provide a miracle through it because your act of trust and persistence is enough. It doesn't take much to get the attention of God. Amen. Thank you, God, that you pay attention, that close of attention to our weak and feeble prayers that are lacking. And he still responds to you. As an encouragement today, are your prayers weak? Do you feel like they're just bouncing off the walls? Don't give up because they're just as powerful because your weak prayers don't diminish the power of God. His power is not robbed. He's not drained. Give what you have. Even if it is just a tiny mustard seed, God will turn it around and do something incredible. Are you stuck? Is someone you know in chains? Do you need to be delivered? Is there someone who is in need of freedom? Your prayers matter. How do I know this? Because your prayers, your conversation with God counts. He tells us to go to Him. 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. Your weakness doesn't limit God's power it only magnifies His goodness. When we pray, can we believe that God is a big God? Bigger than what we can think or imagine? And that God is going to give you more than you ask for? In a prayer meeting, obviously, God did more than what they were praying for. He showed up in a time where they were just calling out to God. I'm sure that they were afraid. There was already somebody murdered. There was, there was uh, uh, for their faith, here's Peter, a pillar of the church. And now they're just saying, we don't know what to do. We're going to come praying. And the anticipation and expectation that God will move. Will you bring your umbrella? When we pray, do we believe that God will answer? Let's stand together. As an encouragement to us to believe 
that God will respond to anticipate His move. How many of you here are praying for God to do something? Or maybe you have a big prayer need. It could be praying for someone else. It could be you yourself. And maybe this just kind of revitalizes that God is big enough to handle this and anticipate that God will move. He will answer. And it may be at the last moment, but He'll do it in His perfect time to reveal His glory. I want to pray for you specifically because I know that it can be very challenging to feel like your prayers are bouncing off the walls and not being heard. And if this is you, I want you to just raise your hand. And I just want to pray over you. Whatever that is in your life, it's big or small. We cast all things. But we just want to have a different perspective of, let's begin to anticipate what God's going to answer. You've seen the hands that were raised. These are specific needs that they are holding on to, that they have been calling out to God. And as a church body, we're going to pray over these at the same time. We don't need to know the details. God knows. What we do know is that there's a need. And we just lift this person up, just like the, 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 the church in Acts 12. We just lift them up. This is a prayer for you, those who have raised your hands. Agree with me as we lift them up, our brothers and sisters. Father, provide your miraculous power to deliver, to reveal yourself and answers in the name of Jesus people who feel under attack under attack from the enemy who's imprisoned them the person or individual that seems to be stuck in, in chains Lord do a miraculous spiritual breakthrough of in the, in, in the prison to walk out with freedom. I ask for healing in the name of Jesus on the inside where there's brokenness, where there's a feeling of desperation. I pray in the name of Jesus, you will place your hope inside that situation. Reveal yourself into those dark places of the mind the patterns the hurt we call upon you oh God we ask that you do your best work as you always do but that will that they will be able to see this and point glory to you prepare the hearts to be ready to receive and to see you working in their situation. You are in all things. You are everywhere. And you are a giver of good things. Provide a miracle in every capacity, in every way. Open our eyes and our ears to hear you 
and to see your heart. Change us. Grant us faith to believe. Outside of us, God, we can't make that happen. We ask you to birth in something, something inside of us that is new and refreshing. In Jesus' name, we said together, amen, amen. God is with you. Continue to pursue him. He will meet you right where you're at. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.